Los Angeles, California, it's Buzzed Off Film! Tonight, we're watching David Fincher's Mank, and I hope if this gets made, you'll forgive me on tonight's episode. It was my pick for best picture at the start of the year, and now that we've seen it, do I still feel that way? Welcome to Buzzed Off Film, our spoiler-free mini-episode review show. Today, we are watching David Fincher's Mank from the Year of Our Lord 2020, written by Jack Fincher and starring Gary Oldman, Amanda Seyfried, Lily Collins, and Charles Dance, among others. I'm Chris Maxwell, your host. Welcome to the show. Very excited to talk about this movie, but to do that... Let's get to the man who's right to my left, the co-host from the couch and the Brad Davis that God gave us, my co-host and friend, Brad Davis. Hey, Chris. Hey, Brad. What's going on, dude? Not too much. Just saw a pretty good movie. A pretty good movie. All right. I mean, Let's not bury the lead, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, super stylized David Fincher film. Maybe his most stylized uh, do you think it still feels like a Fincher film? Uh, that dark, sleek, wet, shiny style still find its way to the light for you in this uh, very Citizen Kane entrenched film? It's certainly not as blatant as it usually is, particularly I think of like Gone Girl and Dragon Tattoo. Like those are so, and even Social Network, like looks so Fincher. Like you can just turn it on, see a clip of it, and you're like, that's Fincher without even knowing what movie is on. You don't get it as obviously in this movie, but certainly watching, you know, a two hour and 15 minute movie of it, you find it. It's certainly in there. Excellent. Yeah. I think that's a good uh, starting ground for us. But before we dig too much further into this film, both Brad and I have uh, prepared a little segment called movie trailer voices, where we each wrote a small little trailer to give you an insight into the movie Yes. Here is our movie trailer voices. Washed up with a leg injury, a terrible drinking problem, and his last shot at greatness, Herman J. Mankiewicz is, a, is at rock bottom when he's approached by Orson Welles to write the screenplay for his new movie, and he has 60 days. He writes a story he knows well, a media titan whose power corrupts, leaving everyone to turn on him. When people find out what he's writing, the industry turns on him. Will this screenplay cost him everything? Gary Oldman is Mank. Oh, nice. Very nice. I like that. Thanks. What do you got? During the studio era of pre-war Hollywood, only one man had the courage and conviction to fight the man. Herman J. Mankiewicz, an accomplished screenwriter at the end of his career with the most challenging assignment of his life at hand. Mank will wade in and out of alcoholic consciousness as he reflects on his life and personal interactions with those whom he's satirizing. Marion Davies and the all-powerful William Randolph Hearst. To create his art, will he sell his soul? Bite the hand that feeds you. David Fincher's Mank. Nice. Yeah, definitely touched on some things I didn't, so... Yeah, I feel like you got a little more of the plot details. I went a little more of the the thematics. But yeah, uh, let's get into the next segment. Of course, movies these days, they can be oh so long. And what if you have to use the bathroom and don't want to miss anything? 
Well, in these COVID times, of course, you could just put, hit pause and use the bathroom. But previously, you'd have to leave the movie theater missing precious plot points of the film. So let's do to pee or not to pee. Anytime you feel it's safe to step away from the movie if you uh, had too much of a big gulp, Brad. Or, or uh, vice versa. Anytime you should stay in your seat for fear of missing a really great scene or uh, integral uh, plot point. Uh, particularly for a movie that's on Netflix, I would say pause the movie when if you're going to pee because you don't want to miss much in this movie. Um, there's a scene around 35 minutes uh, with uh, Louis B. Mayer that is a great one to make sure you're you're there for. He's uh, Arliss Howard plays him and he is great in this movie. Uh, really a standout uh, supporting role. Um and then there's like a scene kind of after that with his brother on the phone. That's also nice. So you get like kind of a good, good, like 10 minute, uh, 10 minute block there. Um, there is a scene around 50 minutes where it's Mank and Marion Davies, like walking through, I guess, Hearst's zoo, zoo basically. Yeah. Um, that it's them talking. It's certainly interesting enough, but it is a lot of them just walking and talking with, um, it, 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 it goes on for a little while and, and you feel it a little bit. So I feel like that was kind of a place where I mentally checked out a little, um, probably about the only time in this movie where I feel like I mentally checked out, but overall, like, yeah, I mean, try to see it, everything. Also, I'll say a good place to pause is anytime you see, um, the spiral notebook cover, you kind of know you're jumping to the present. And yeah, much like Citizen Kane, this jumps back and forth from his memory, uh, Manx memories to the, his present day. And yeah, every time you do jump back, they give you that visual reminder of uh, a was it ever building pile of spiral notebooks. As he right, it's, it's almost every time, if not every time. But that's a good place to pause, just because you know now you've kind of jumped to a new scene and a new time frame. So those are those are kind of my tent poles for that. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, I do think the second half of the film is a little more safe to stop and uh, go use the bathroom or the facilities, whatever you may need, than the first half. I was really enraptured with, I'd say, probably the first hour of this film. I think three of my uh, really standout scenes, I think there's four incredibly standout scenes in this film, and three of them, I think, in the first hour, and only one in the second hour. Uh, I, I do think the zoo section that you said, Brad, around, was that 50 minutes or so? Yeah, about that. Um, is, a, is a nice little point. I mean, you get some Davies backstory, but nothing you can't really uh, fill in for yourself. Um, so, great. Okay, let's get into the meat of it, Brad. For what it's worth, of course, if theaters were open and we were paying, let's say, what, $16.50 for a movie ticket, right? Mm-hmm. So let's measure our review against the price of that ticket. Sixteen fifty. If we would have went and saw Mank in the theater, for what it's what's it worth to you, Brad? I mean, I'd pay sixteen fifty. Um, I really like this movie a lot. Now, were my my expectations for it were high, like I know yours were. Um, mm -hmm. Did it reach those expectations? Probably just fell a little short uh, for me. But it is a extremely well done movie. It's a beautiful companion piece to Citizen Kane. And I don't think you need to see Citizen Kane 
to like, you know, get this movie, but I would say watching it before or really after, uh, it's, it's, it'll be really a nice way to see some of the lines he's referring to some of the story of came that he specifically mentions in the movie. Yeah, I want to I want to jump in here. Actually, I I do think seeing Citizen Kane absolutely improves your chances of liking this movie. Do you have to see it? Probably not. But if you're familiar with the people he's talking about, uh, the legends around Kane, like William Randolph Hearst and Marion Davies, uh, David O. Selznick, uh, Louis B. Mayer, people like this, I think it does add to the enjoyment of this movie. Uh, and yeah, I. Let me answer the, the question from the top of the show. Do I think it's still the best picture winner at the Oscars this year? Ultimately, no. I think it does get nominated for just about everything. Uh, but I think it's going to be one of those movies that is nominated for everything and maybe only walks away with one win. Yeah, like The Irishman. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, Oldman's great, but, like, is it a Oscar-winning performance? No, probably not. Um, well, yeah, lots of great actors. I mean, Oldman can be nominated. Amanda Seyfried can definitely be nominated. Arliss uh, like Howard. Arliss Howard is great. Uh, Tom Pelfrey is an exciting actor to watch. Uh, Who's the brother on Ozark in the third season. I mean, he's playing Joseph Mankiewicz. Yeah, but uh, again, uh, award-winning performances, maybe not. Although, kudos to Gary Oldman for being, you know, adding to the list of great drunk performances I've seen. He's very good at that um and and he's terrific and i I could see the movie winning cinematography because the cinematography is gorgeous uh maybe best director i could see them giving him giving fincher maybe director for this depending on you know what else is up for it but overall i think this is a movie heavily nominated that probably maybe walks away with a win or two the most uh i i think like I said all the things I love about like I think it's a great movie. I think it could have been a little shorter. Like I think there was some excess there that could have been cut off. I think the script is especially after because I did see Citizen Kane close to seeing this. So yes, we've done it on the podcast. We've right. Citizen Kane and Social Network. So I, I think especially having seen this, how good the script of Citizen Kane is, and then when you compare it to the script of this movie, it's it's a very good script. It's not a great script. Hmm. Yeah, although I will say there's plenty, like I said, four times I think the script and the filmmaking and the acting all really sing together. Um, I love the, like you said, the L.B. Mayer, the rules for movies and MGM. Great uh, walk, walk and talk is outstanding. Uh, I love the writer's room pitch to Selznick that starts with the cigar line, I think is so sharp and so good. Such a wonderful satire of old Hollywood. Uh, the rich political speed round um, with at William Randolph Hearst's castle before um, old men and Seyfried go tour the zoo. Uh, that ends, you know, you hear them talk about Hitler and they end up talking about Upton Sinclair, which becomes a big part of, of uh, Mank's engine to, to go forward with the script uh, is an outstanding scene. And uh, Charles Dance as William Randolph Hearst when he gives the, the parable of the organ grinder's monkey at the end is really something to behold it's really great flexing all his tywin lannister muscles uh to the nth degree i mean dance is so good in this movie and he's a perfect william randolph hearst uh but even throughout the movie i'm like oh i like i like that hearst is kind of this overarching menace over the movie that you don't really see really like you see some elements of his uh power hungry you know whatever you want to call it but you don't 
really see him flex those muscles until that scene. And when he flexes, man, does he flex. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's a great reveal, I guess. It's something that makes you wait for it uh, to really get to see that. It's really great. And I will say, I, I like the Fincher style of this film. I, I do think it bleeds through uh, a lot of shadows, a lot of low angles. I mean, not only is that, you know, necessary to do a Citizen Kane movie to make it kind of mimic that style, but I think it plays right into Fincher's hands with the heavy shadows and, and dark palettes. Uh, and I think it also does help. I know that's a big topic of conversation. I guess I didn't find it too concerning for me, but the aging stuff, um, I think that the heavy shadows kind of helps you erase the age difference and the age of Gary Oldman compared to almost the entire rest of the cast. That being said, I saw something that people said that Mank, because of his incredibly destructive drinking, when he was 40, he looked like he was 50. And when he died at 55, they said he looked like he was 70. So, uh, you know, take that for what you will. But uh, that, I guess, helps Fincher's argument for why he hired Gary Oldman, other than he's also a big name and an Oscar-winning actor who could actually perform. Well, and you make a good point, too, about Fincher's style working into what kind of a Citizen Kane movie, because it really does pull from a lot like you feel like you're watching Fincher's version of Citizen Kane, which kind of at first when I was watching, I was like, oh, it feels like he's really pushing. He's almost trying too hard to do a Citizen Kane movie. But by the end, I really, I think, appreciate, again, why I said it's a good companion piece. Mm-hmm. to Citizen Kane because it does do that while kind of telling a different story that's also a very similar story. Um, but I, I think it did a great job. I, I think the structure, the jumping back and forth, uh, lacked a little motivation for me at times and felt like more of a, uh, rather than really doing a great job of telling the story that way, it was just more of a device to build a little suspense you know, for scenes like he breaks a glass at some point and we cut away, like he's drunk and we he breaks a glass, we cut away and we're like, oh, we don't know what's going to, the fallout from that. And then we just cut back to it and it's kind of picks up where it left off. Good scene, good suspension, uh, you know, building suspense, but ultimately not really necessary. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, uh, I really liked it. I think it's a really good movie. Is it... Uh, jumping over the high bar of expectations that I set for it. Probably not. It probably achieves it though. It'll be on my top 10 of the year, just not in the number one spot. So 1650, I happily pay for this film. Okay, Brad, you just watched Mank. What are you going to do next? I guess the next movie on my list that's coming out that I'm excited to see is Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Also a Netflix movie that comes out, I believe in 10 days. Uh, with Viola Davis and Chadwick Boseman's final performance. Uh, I've heard a lot of good things on that. That could also, that's getting early Oscar buzz. So I'm pretty excited to see that movie. Yeah, another August Wilson adaptation, uh, I believe from Denzel Washington, right? He's producing this? Yes, he executive produced. Uh, yeah. He's not directing though, but yes, this is from from him. So very excited for that. Chris, you just watched Mank. What are you going to do next? Oh, well, I still have to do my what are you going to do next from Citizen Kane. I still have not watched The Magnificent Ambersons, Citizen, uh, Citizen Kane, Orson Welles' second film after Citizen Kane. I still got to check that off my list. But I did watch RKO 281, uh, a very interesting relic. It tells a very different story about Wells and, and Mank than this movie does, which was interesting to see. 
so I will recommend that if you can find it. It is available absolutely nowhere. <clears throat> YouTube. Um, but uh, <laughs> you can't stream it anywhere legally. Yeah, I actually haven't finished up that. That was my Citizen Kane. Uh, what am I going to do next was watch RKO 281 again, and I haven't yet. So I will add that to keep that on my list as well. Yeah, and honestly, this movie kind of has me salivating to revisit uh, Hail Caesar from the Coen brothers from a couple years ago. Uh, another movie that includes a lot of real-life studio heads like Selznick and Louis B. Mayer, at least they're talked about. And I uh, I really enjoyed that movie, and I think it's and it also had uh, an undercurrent of politics that are resonating once again, like this film. Which yeah. is a new companion piece for that. Yeah, Hail Caesar, a movie that I wasn't a fan of the first time and really, really liked the second time. So I, yeah. I, I'd i be down to take another viewing of that. I'd probably like it even more. There you go, guys. Well, that's Buzzed Off Film for Mank. If uh, you agree or disagree with us, go ahead and let us know on Twitter or email. Please go listen to uh, The Social Network and Citizen Kane, both High on Film episodes. Uh, Social Network will be out tomorrow for your listening pleasure with Joe McGranny and Citizen Kane, already out in your High on Film feed with Josh Green. And of course, if you haven't yet, go check out Death at Sunset, wherever you get your podcasts, a Sunshine Noir radio play podcast by Mr. Davis and myself. We're both very proud of it. Yep. In four parts, all four parts are out. So check it out. Yeah. Absolutely. You can binge it all now. Brad, thank you so much, sir. Appreciate your words and your time for uh, letting us know what you thought of Mank. Right back at you, buddy. All right, listeners. We'll see you tomorrow with The Social Network. We love you. Goodbye. High on Film is a Maxwell Davis Productions podcast. Original music by Zach Pfeiffer. For more information, follow at High on Film on Twitter and Instagram or email the show at thehighonfilmshow at gmail.com.